Thank you for listening to Phase One Sports Podcast, the podcast that dives deep into the thrilling world of the NBA action. Join us each week as we break down the highs, lows, and jaw-dropping moments from the latest week of the NBA. In today's episode, we got special guest David Fekwer with us and, you know, the regular Phase One team. Thank you for always listening to Phase One Sports, a proud sponsor of Bar Harbor Sellers Winery. Hi, it's Eric from Bar Harbor Cellars Winery, located in Bar Harbor, Maine. Bar Harbor Cellars is a family-owned and operated winery for almost two decades. And we have a very simple philosophy. When you want to make great wine, use great fruit. Our method is to source the fruit of our wines based on the quality, not fashion. We work with independent growers throughout Europe and North America who practice safe and sustainable viticultural methods, allowing us to make wines across a wide spectrum. We're able to offer simple fruit wines with some delicate sweet notes, all the way up to big, bold varietal reds and crisp and delicious whites. Whether it's apples and blueberries from our backyard here in the state of Maine, or the delicate Pinot Noir grapes of Northern Italy, We truly enjoy crafting these delicious, interesting natural wines for you to enjoy. So when you're in Bar Harbor, please visit us at Bar Harbor Cellars. And if you need to, visit our website. Let us see if we can ship our wine to you. BarHarborCellars.com. That's BarHarborCellars.com. Select your favorite wine from our wine vault, and we'll see about shipping it to you. And now... Let's ship you over to the premier sports team on the stereo app, the Phase One Sports Crew. And to you, our guests, and to the Phase One team, we raise a glass and say salute. Hey, bro. Hey, okay. So we're about to start. Nah. So thank you, everybody, you know, for listening to another episode of Phase One Sports Podcast. I'm your host, MK. We trust. Today's a very special episode. I got my boy, my dog, my day one with me, David. We're about to talk NBA. So what's up, man? How you feeling today? I'm feeling good, man. I, I You know, this has been, uh, this is long awaited. <laughs> <laughs> Long awaited. <laughs> Definitely happy to get on this and talk some sports. All right, nah, for sure, for sure. All right. So you know me, I'm gonna go right into it. I'm gonna talk about your boy from the Wizards before we get too deep into the conversation. <laughs> uh, go on, come on. Because <laughs> I remember us having conversations and story like, I'm like, yo, I don't think Jordan Poole's that good. He's like, nah, bro. Like, I think Jordan Poole get his own team. He could be averaging at least 25. Yeah, like, it's gonna matter because he's gonna be on the Wizards and nobody's gonna watch the Wizards. Seems like I'm I mean, because right, I know you've, you've seen the clips. I mean, <laughs> yeah, four and twenty-two. Yeah, but but let me let me ask you this. I mean, do you, do you think it's because he doesn't have the fan base? Like, does does a fan base really affect the players? You know, um, like their points per game, their rebounding. Not the fan base. I think he lacks the vet, which he had in Golden State with Draymond, Steph, and Clay. Like, when you look at this Wizards team, 
it's his team. It's him and uh, Kuzma, two guys that like the respective teams, Los Angeles and Golden State, got rid of like for better players. These guys are talented, but they just need a vet in Washington. But Washington is a, like right now, Washington one of like the most disrespected franchises in the league. Right of now course, people don't. Yeah. people don't want, like free agents don't want to go to Washington. I remember it was yeah, a time where like it used to be go. I mean, John Wall. Uh, What's his name? That dude podcast, Gilbert Arenas. Mm-hmm. It used to be a respectable franchise. Granted, they could never beat LeBron, but who could? Like nobody could beat LeBron. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but this was a Wizards team that would at least get to the first round, play Boston, maybe Philly, and competitive and competitive um, playoff series. But now it's just yeah. Joke, they they used to be either like five or six. Yeah, like five or six mm-hmm. seed. Yeah, I mean, so, I I personally don't think it's Jordan Poole's team, right? So initially, when I when I felt that he'd go over there and drop twenty five points per game, it wasn't because I thought he'd be a leader. I just thought he'd go and get buckets, right? Honestly, with no worry or regard about being a leader, because it's not like he was a leader over there. Um, even for the second string, it would look like he was mini Curry, but he wasn't. He wasn't really in charge. For me, it was, you know, Wiggins. Wiggins was kind of that that leader for the for the offense and for the defense. Right, because he was always that mismatch, um, which is why they kind of got close. Because a lot of his assists were from from Pool. But you come over here. This is Kuzma's team. In my opinion, Kuzma, you kind of saw him as a leader, be it in the locker room, be it at, um, on post conference uh, interviews, or even on the on the court. You know, he was the All Star. I think that Jordan Poole dimmed his light a bit. I think I think they don't want to talk about it and they kind of act like they're boys and all that. But like you said, there's no vet. So they're young. And so the way I just see him interact, you don't see Kuzma saying anything to, you know, as a leader. You, you don't see that. It's kind of like this. I don't know. Jordan Poole this year is kind of like, all right, let's let's go easy on on Jordan Poole because his jaw is still healing. You know what I mean? And so. They're kind of just giving him a chance to to go out there and ball, but he's not doing good, you know. So, but I thought the fan base, because let's be real, if you're playing in front of a a fan base that wants to see you win and that believes you can, it kind of gives you that extra confidence. You know what I mean? True. I, I don't think you're wrong when you say that, because it's a lot of cities right now that I can think of. Washington is the one first come to mind because when you think about their football team. They've been struggling to like win, be competitive in the NFC East. You have the Nationals there, baseball. They won the World Series in 2015 and haven't been the same team there. And I think the only team with consistent success in that Washington area has to be the hockey team, which I can't, the Capitals. So New York is like that right right now currently, except for basketball. You have the Nets and the Knicks, a little bit more competitive. Um, both of them mm-hmm. are currently in the playoffs. Um, the Giants and Jets are trash, and then hockey takes over. So it's cities like that where, you know, there's other things to do. Like, unfortunately, when you're in, in that metropolitan area, you got, you know, Maryland and Virginia that you can also go to. And then you also have other teams like the Ravens, the mm-hmm. Orioles in that area. So maybe relocation, because I did hear some rumors that they're trying to relocate to Virginia. I don't think that would be bad. But I, I think oh, the really? problem is the Virginia. China, the Virginia. <laughs> I forgot what part of Virginia, but I still think the issue is it's not a free agent destination. So you have to draft well. Which they have That's been true because they said the same thing about Milwaukee. You know, they, they said the same thing about Milwaukee. The Kings for a while, nobody was looking at them after Bibby and was it Stockovich? Yeah, yeah, Phoenix right. was like that too once Nash left. 
You know, like no one cared about Drogic. He was over there struggling. <laughs> you know what I mean? No one cared about him. So, but you're right. The market market can play a role. So the ups and downs are always they're always going to be there. Okay. So my yeah. question to you, um, as far as the Eastern Conference, right? So the Eastern Conference, mm-hmm. we know we have Milwaukee, Philly, um, and Boston. Out of those three teams, right? Who do you think can actually compete for an NBA title right now? For a title, if we just one or two, one. I mean, one because you know, we, we, if I'm thinking about the Eastern Conference, that's what I'm. Th- yeah, I'm thinking like you yeah. know who who can be the. So for me, it's who's gonna rep the East? Yeah, who's gonna rep the East? All right, so, um, I mean, I, it's tough, right? For for different reasons. Okay, I, let me like all right. So if I'm thinking about the two off the bat, it's Celtics and the Bucks, right? That's it's, it's gonna be real green. Um, and you know, out of all that, I'm going to take the Bucks, only because this trade, unlike the Suns trade, which we see it's not going as planned, this is actually happening the way it's supposed to happen. People can say the East is soft, you know, they'll say the West is a lot, the West is faster, so they score more points, you know what I mean? But when it comes down to, I think, like rough basketball where, you know, overtime basketball, that's kind of what I call it, right? That's the East. You know, if you're playing against against the Celtics, it, it always feels like overtime. The Bucks, it always feels like overtime. When you're playing the West, you could be down 40, but you feel like you got a chance because all it takes is a run. You see what I mean? So that's why the points are higher. Everyone's faster, you know? So it's just a matter of conditioning in the West. But in the Bucks, it, I mean, in the East, it's about toughness. So I'm going to go with the Bucks mainly because I feel like the league – has forgotten about Giannis, who, in my opinion, is he's not the best player, even though it could be argued, right? But because it's, it's an era of big men, you got like Joker, you got Embiid, and you got Giannis going for MVP and stuff like that. But Giannis is unstoppable. He's the only player in the league that's still unstoppable. The only player, no one, no one could guard this guy. Um, and he's European, so he's got that flair. You know what I mean? He's got that finesse. Dame has always been a killer, and he's finally on the team with another killer. So that's why I see the Bucks getting it to the getting to the finals. Sixers, I don't care how good Embiid plays, he has no one he can trust. Maxi is okay. doing okay. Yeah, I, like I, I don't. There's there's no one he can, there's no one he can trust. Yeah, there's have, no one. They have they have draft capital where they can trade and potentially get one of these two stars. You can get a Zach Levine. You can get a Demar Rosen. There's guys that you can get out there, Donovan Mitchell, who wants to get out of here. Yeah, because but here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. All those three people you named are not distributors. Like the 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 thing that the thing that these great big men, you know, need. You look at the Nuggets. Joker, he's great. Don't get me wrong, but he gets his points from feeds from Jamal Murray. You see, Giannis. Giannis plays well. Always been a monster, but it's good to have Dame that can distribute the ball. We're talking about pick and roll teams, right? And pick and roll teams are the ones that 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 play the best, um, just in my opinion. But when you got Giannis, Giannis, uh, not Giannis, when you got um, you got Embiid, Embiid, there's like Maxi, he'll do that pick and roll, but Maxi's a scoring guard. You know what I mean? And that's what made Harden so good. You go, you see Harden over there, you know, in the Clippers, he's distributing, but he can also score. But if everything's on on Embiid, of course you're gonna, you know. Oh, you know, have all these points per game, like 33, 34 points per game. 
there's no one else that that can do it. It kind of it's like how remember how KD felt? I don't, KD said this in an interview years ago. He was like, when I was on the Thunder, I was the only person that can get a bucket. I felt like I was the only per- like I had to score, and so teams figured out that, you know, Cephalosha and um, Ibaka and um, what's his name at Westbrook, they weren't going to be like guaranteed buckets, like jump shots, and so with Giannis having Harden gone, you don't really got anyone that can do that for you. Not as not as well. You know, and that's why he's going to always have all these points. He's always going to have all these points because you have to. Because no one, he's like the second person in the paint after Giannis that's unstoppable. You know, but your team can't get you to the playoffs or can't get you to the, the Eastern Conference. If they can get you to the Eastern Conference, you still got nobody for Dame. So that's why the Celtics for me are just a more complete team, especially since you've got, um, what's his name again? Um, Porzingis. Porzingis. You know what I mean? You actually got a center that's not just blocking shots, but he can run the floor. He can give you shots. He can give you threes. He can give you middies. You know what I mean? And he's good at free throws. That was their missing piece. Horford was just too slow and, and too old. <laughs> too old. Okay, but, so my qu- I got a follow-up question for that. So I, yeah. know, I mentioned um, Levine and DeRozan and um, Donovan Mitchell. If you mm-hmm. were the GM for the Sixers, who would you be looking for? Because you said you needed a distributor to play the pick and roll with Embiid and to be a compliment guard to Maxi. So who would you be looking for in the trades um, to make the next move? I, mean, I don't, don't even know if they can – I don't know if they can even do this, but I'm getting someone like Chris Paul. <laughs> Chris Paul doesn't belong, on, doesn't belong on the Warriors. It looks good, but that's not what he, he needs a big man. You know what I mean? He to me, Chris Paul. He needs a big man. You know, he had Capella. You know, he had. Um, I don't know. I think he had Stephen Adams for a little bit. I don't. Did he on the Thunder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, he had him there. Um, he had uh, what, what, what's his name? Aiton on the Suns. Like he, he thrives with big men. So on the Warriors, they don't really have big men. So that's why you don't really see him thriving. He's passing the Curry, <laughs> like a point guard's passing the Curry. Um. <laughs> So if that could happen, I'd say he, he can go over there. Um, hmm. Like, I don't really see any other. Well, you know, actually, I, I, I would say, nah, I, I would say Sexton, but nah, Sexton, he's, Sexton he's also a scoring ball. guard. Yeah, he needs to play. Yeah, he needs to play. How about a guy like Kyle Lowry? Kyle Lowry actually would be good, but Kyle Lowry, he, he's getting old and he's injury prone. You know, you need someone that's consistently healthy. You need someone consistently healthy. Uh, uh, so let's switch gears to the Western Conference. So we got the top five seeds. Uh, I'll list them for you. Minnesota sitting at 20 and 6. Got Oklahoma mm-hmm. City, Thunder, 17 and 8. Denver Nuggets, 19 and 10. The Clippers, who surprised, 17 and 10. You got Sacramento sitting at 16 and then in Dallas to round out the top six. Because we know the top six, they get the bye and they don't got to play in the, uh, the playing. So, mm-hmm. out of these six teams, who can make a run in the postseason? And I know the Clippers just made the addition of Harden and they're on like a 10 game winning streak. Denver's mm-hmm. the reigning champ. OKC's young and talented. They didn't make the, they didn't make, I don't remember if they made the postseason off the top of my head. But they don't really have too much postseason experience. And then Minnesota, to me, seems more fluky. Like, this is going to die down eventually. It was almost yeah. like Sacramento had the one seed last year, and I'm like, eventually it'll die down. 
Mm -hmm. I think Phoenix can get together. And then we'll we'll talk about that, but let's just go with the top six right now. Out of the top six, what's the two that you think that can make a deep run and try to challenge one of the teams in the Eastern Conference for, you know, the Larry Um, O'Brien Trophy? Well, easily Clippers and the Kings. Um, If we're talking about in that six. um, The Clippers, I don't know, I think it was PG that said it, they got a formula that's working. And it's because you finally have a threat at the point guard. I love Russ. Russ, people might disagree to me, is he's top 10 point guards in the league. It's, it's hard to say top five because Luka plays as a, as a you know, as a, <laughs> he's not really a point guard. Curry plays as point guard, but he's not really a point guard. Um, you know, so, but if, you know, and Russ has changed his game to where he is looking for teammates. They used to say he couldn't pass, and now he, you can't hold, you can't be the, 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 you can't have the most triple doubles in NBA history without passing. You know what I mean? Like, he completely changed the game. And he's still as explosive, as healthy, as springy, as defensive, as intensive. He's the Draymond we all want. Um, and he's all in a point guard. Um, but it's good because it gives the Clippers a dynamic team. You've got the slow and steady wins the race with Harden coming to bring the ball up. He can change pace, and he can shoot threes. He's still as lethal as his Houston days. Um which means you got Kawhi playing off the ball, actually playing like a, a shooting guard, even though he's a small forward. And you got PG, good on the wing, still good with threes and all that. So the team is healthy, and they have a rim protector, right? Was it Zubak? He, he, he got a really good rim protector, and then you got someone that can dish you the ball. It makes the big man want to play, right? He's a walking double-double. The Kings, because everyone has forgotten Sacramento, right? I think they put the league on notice when they played the Warriors. Right, game goes to game seven. You're like, how are they doing this? And the Warriors were reigning champs, but it's because they have a really good team. Keegan Murray's what his second year? Yeah, second, no, third year. Third year, it's the second year. Okay, second, yeah, his second year playing extremely consistent, not only good, but consistent. Um, and then no one can, no one can really get a foot in front of, um, can get a foot, a foot in front of, um, damn, his name's slipping me. Um, Sacramento, their point guard, Fox. Oh, yeah, no one can get in front of De'Aaron Fox. You know what I mean? Um, so they're the two teams that I, I see. If they get into a seven-game series, they're they're beating teams 4-2. Four, four I don't funny. see sweeps, like, but I see, like, yeah, I see 4-2. They, they would be playing each other in the first round, so one of them would be eliminated early. <laughs> like that yeah, but, no, but they got, they're not staying at the 4-5. and five. They're not staying at the 4-5 and because, yeah, Timberwolves, I, I agree. They're, they're going to drop down. Um you know, right now they look exciting, you know, but again, they're they're gonna kinda drop down for me. Um Thunder they Thunder might stay at two. Yeah, no, yeah. Th- Thunder six, but I don't see them at two because it's like I don't see him at two. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, because you asked him too much of Shaq. Like he's a, he's young, he's injury prone, like he messed up. Like it's gonna be too much of an act. Do I Deshay is a beast? Like that that man is a uh, all pro, yeah. uh, a max type player. Like that that man is a beast. Like the Clippers is gonna regret the day they traded him. Yeah, exactly. Because he's he him on is that the, roster. Woo. Yeah, he's he's their yeah. chance at revitalizing the team. Honestly, you know, he can score different ways. He's the right height. You know what I mean? He's kind of like he's he's the Kawhi of their team. You know what I mean? Like just very versatile. Um, but when I look at it, the the Tims and Thunder, I feel like what's gonna happen in a couple of games, they're gonna be knocked out from one and two, and be like five and six. 
but the rem- the remainder, like the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Kings, the Mavs, they're all just gonna take they're gonna take their um two slots up, realistically. Okay, so let's go back to the Eastern Conference and let's look at seven through ten because we don't care about mm-hmm. anybody else that's gonna make the postseason. So seven yeah, and ten, don't. we got your boys from Miami. We got the Indiana Pacers, which are like my favorite team to watch right now because of their style of play. We got the Brooklyn mm-hmm. Nets, of course, my hometown team, and then we got the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young. A guy that can electrify and get it going. So mm-hmm. I would say out of these teams, which team can make a deeper run besides the one through six in the East? So like I said, you got Miami, Indiana, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. Atlanta. All talented teams. Miami was in the finals a couple of years ago. Um, they were, my boy, my boy. Indiana, like I said, they got they got a young talented team, a couple moves here and there. They could potentially make some noise. Brooklyn and Atlanta, eh. Who knows? They get in. They they're, they're probably a first round exit. So, who do you like in the, in this the, the next group? You ready? You ready? You ready for who I think it is? And it's gonna it's I'm gonna throw you off. <laughs> it's gonna throw you off. It's not in the Brooklyn. <laughs> it's definitely Brooklyn, bro. It's definitely Brooklyn. Um, everybody's eyes have gone off of them ever since the big three left. Um, and and I get it, right? It it was the league's worst experiment, but I'm I'm definitely feeling the Brooklyn Nets. Why? Because they're they've got some consistency going. It's not even about the wins because they don't really have like a heavy win streak. I don't even think they even have one. But they've been they've been consistent. Let's just say they don't even got one. But they are they're gelling. I'll say that they're gelling. There's there's a consistency of play, um, and. One thing I just don't like about it is the fact that Spencer, who who should have been the number one right on the team, is now the third option. They're finally giving Cam Thomas some playtime, right? Homie's averaging 24 points per game. You've got Mikel Bridges averaging 21 per game, who's also been consistent. But Spencer Dinwiddie, you're averaging 14 points per game. So, you know, I, I don't know. I feel as though the Brooklyn Nets are starting to give, you know, Cam Thomas the the respect that he deserves because he's a he's a certified bucket. Um, and I do like how Nick Claxton is also playing a little bit more consistent too. He's he's a really good big man. Um, one thing I didn't want, I didn't want him to end like Hassan Whiteside or mm-hmm. um, like a DeAndre Jordan. You know what I mean? Like someone can just jump high and and just block shots. But yeah. you know, this guy's been at. Well, he's got what about five double doubles on a season. Um, playing consistently, you know, averaging a double double, eleven and you know, eleven and nine point something. Um, they're a consistent team. And when they played against the Suns, I don't know if you saw the like, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's that that, you know, you shouldn't have left us type of vibe. You know, they, they got that, they got that uh that Westbrook energy. You know what I mean? When they played the Suns. Um, you know, so I I love it. I see him being com- competitive. Um, they give me that Miami Heat energy, if that makes sense. I think the only thing that I'll piggyback off of what you said is when they get Ben Simmons back because they were playing so well with Ben and they were. like that that rebounding, get the ball out, excellent pass that can get to the rim. I think that adds more to them. So I, I wouldn't be mad at Brooklyn making a run as well. So let's slide back to the Western Conference mm-hmm. and let's talk about seven through ten. There's, there's a lot of competitive teams in the seven through ten. Yeah, Orleans with Zion sitting at sixteen and twelve. You got LeBron and AD sitting at 8, 15, and 13. You got the revamp Houston Rockets sitting at 13 and 12. And then you got the Phoenix Suns. Everybody is, like, presumed NBA champion 
they they thought they were supposed to come out the West. That's why these games are played and not spoken on paper. They're sitting at 14 and 13 at the 10. And then just to, like, add one more team, you have the Golden State Warriors sitting here at 13 and 14. So out of these groups, who can make a run, who can play, who can't play, and who's done? Like, is Golden State done? Is Phoenix done? And it's funny. You bring up his Phoenix done, and he just started. Um, <laughs> there's nothing worse than when – They might be. There's nothing worse when teams that, you know, just did these blockbuster trades, they start out and they already look finished. Um, it's looking like Brooklyn, if we're being honest. You know, you, you don't have the full three on the floor. Uh, the most healthy person is is Harden. No, not sorry. Not, I'm tripping. Not Harden. Um, it's KD. It's KD. Um, He's, he's, he's always the healthiest. Before you get to your point, though, because I, I just want people to understand this part. So the mm-hmm. age of super teams are done. It, the, they fixed in the CBA where, like, if you're going to have yeah. max players, your roster is going to be full of G League players. And I think that's what <laughs> Phoenix took a chance on, the health of Bradley Bill, who was healthy in Washington. I think he played, like, three full seasons and then wasn't mm-hmm. healthy soon. And then you bring in a guy like Book, you have no true point guard. Like, there's no true point guard. There. There's you no true point guard, who's, yeah. Who's just a scorer. KD is going to get his shot. He's one of the most efficient scorers in NBA history. He's going to do his thing. And then Bradley Bill. So my biggest thing for Phoenix was, who are you ever going to bring into the point? Like, you don't have the finances to go get a Chris Paul. You don't have the finances to get anybody. So now you got a bunch of role players like Wananadi who played for Brooklyn, a bunch of random mm-hmm. guys. So they were going to be in trouble for the start. And that's what I was telling people, like, with Phoenix, they never mm-hmm. really had a good opportunity unless everybody stayed healthy, which we knew they weren't going to stay healthy. No, I got you. I mean, <laughs> the only thing that could help them is if Chris Paul came for a league minimum. <laughs> if Chris Paul comes <laughs> in for a league minimum, they're, <laughs> they're going to they're win the NBA championship. No, that's what they need. Well, that is true. That is true, yeah, because, you know, Crowder's not going to cut it. Yeah. Oh. Step to ask for a release and start to get the vet better because they don't really have anybody. Because like when you look at the other teams, like I said, you got the Lakers who are way better than mm-hmm. the Pelicans. If if Zion can stay healthy and lose some weight, they're better. Mm-hmm. Dallas right now is better than them. Houston, I don't, I'm not a real believer in Houston. I think it's a cute little story with Fred Van Vliet and Dylan. Brooks. I think they're cute. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they need more pieces. But I, I don't really trust them. So they have a chance, but they have to fight. Because right now they're 10, so they're barely in. But do I think yeah. they can Can they beat New Orleans? Yeah. Can they, the Lakers, they might struggle against. But right now they would have to beat Houston to get in and then play a do or die against either New Orleans or the Lakers. That's a tough ask to ask the NBA team to do all that. But granted, we're not even halfway through the season yet, but I still think that's a lot. So they got to get some wins and some wins fast. Can't be losing to the Knicks, man. Even though I love the Knicks, you can't be losing to a team that don't got no star. Well, here's what I think. I, I think that you've got, like you said, it's extremely competitive between 7 and 11, right? Uh, it's because I'd say every team except the Pelicans, every team, if they're in the playoffs, they're making noise. They, it doesn't matter who they play realistically because those teams have better coaching except the Lakers. Really, it's, it's LeBron coaching. Um, you know, they've got better coaching, and that's what you need for playoffs, right? Like, regular season is cool and all. People kind of <laughs> – they're not taking regular season seriously. I know I don't, you know, because so many teams like the Timberwolves, you, you become, what, first seed um, or second seed, and you get to the playoffs, and you, you really don't do anything. 
But you have these teams that are like 7 through 11, again, except the Pelicans, that have got playoff experience and championship experience, um, except from the Suns. The Suns, I agree, they're not really getting out of um, making the playoffs. But if they make playoffs, they can make noise, but they're not going to the finals, right? Mm-mm. They're um, like, the, for me, okay, we might upset somebody good enough. For yeah, Exactly. And I could see them like the probably. Yeah. Yeah. They can knock. They can knock off the Mavs. You know. I can see them knocking off the Timberwolves. I can see them knocking off the Thunder. You know, because they got that grit. They got experience. You know, they got great players. Beal and KD. You know, books a bucket. Um, but for me, it's always going to be the Warriors. And the reason why I say the Warriors is because of Steph Curry. Despite Giannis being the most unstoppable player, he's not the best player. And for me, the best player is the person that doesn't need the ball to be good, right? Because the NBA isn't the same anymore. Back then, like if the ball's not in the best player's hand, then you don't really think you're going to win. If the ball's not in Kobe's hand, if it's not in LeBron's hand, if the ball's not in Jordan's hand, you know, like I, I don't think you guys can win the game. But Curry has become the person who he's been closing. He's been having a lot of, you know, game-winning buckets these, you know, past 10 games. But at the end of the day, the game where he has six points, they still won. You know, so he's the type of player where he doesn't have to do that. But the guy's still averaging damn near 30 a game. Sorry if I'm saying damn. But he's averaging like 28, 28.2 or 28.9 points a game. So for me, it's like you're doing really good. Clay is becoming not clay of old, but a clay we can at least tolerate. Right? Like he's averaging 17 points a game. He's had a couple 20 point games. He's still kind of efficient at three, hitting like what 37 point, you know, 37% from three. Curry's still doing 41%. He's matching his, you know, his his um his career three point percentage. So they're still playing good. Only thing that I would I would change on the Warriors is you gotta you gotta get rid of Looney and you gotta get rid of Wiggins. They have to be on the second team. Only reason is because you got Sarich that's playing a lot better than Kavan. He's running the floor a lot faster. He's passing the ball a lot better. He's playing better defense. He's ladder on his feet, and he can still score threes. And I want Kaminga. Kaminga has, like, he's the only person that hasn't let us down year over year. You know what I mean? As far as, like, on the second unit, the guy's playing really good. And you're averaging the same amount as a starter, which is Wiggins, you got to come off that, Wiggins. I don't know what happened. You know, no disrespect to whatever has been going on since last season. I don't know if that plays a role, but he's not the same Wiggins. You know what I mean? Honestly, he's playing kind of like Poole. I don't know if ever since Poole left, he does, you know, he's not, who knows? I don't know, maybe he's not agreeing with, with Draymond because there were some people on the team that didn't really like how Draymond was acting. And I think Wiggins was one of those, one of those people. You know what I mean? Maybe that's playing a role. But... The thing is, everyone else has kind of moved on from it. And Kaminga is playing a lot better. Um, and it helps having Chris Paul there, right? Because you remember in the offseason, they were saying that. So for me, give me the Warriors. Because the Warriors are still the team, in my opinion, in a seven-game series, you're not beating them. Last year was the exception because it was hot, because of Draymond and Poole. Now that is passed. There's no one beating the Warriors in a seven-game series. I like the Warriors, too, but I feel like if I'm the Warriors, I look at a guy like Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan mm-hmm. to add to have an extra kick in the starting lineup. Because you need if a they guy could... that's going to... No, go ahead. 
And I was going to say, if they come in, though, Clay's on the bench. You have to move Clay to the bench. He just doesn't look right. Maybe it's an injury that's bothering him, but he, he just hasn't been himself. Like, there's times where I've picked him to score 15, and I'm surprised that he didn't get 15 or more. So I don't know. It just could be something off. Wiggins, I would move off Wiggins. You should have. It's hard because it's like I think they should have kept pool, but I can understand why you move off pool because yeah. he's just not fitting the culture. But then Draymond, the guy that we need to talk about. Okay. Like, what, 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 do you when think, do you, what do you think about Draymond? When do, you, when do you when do you say enough is enough and move on? Like yes, never. He's a team, <laughs> but he's a, but he's costing you wins though at, at a point where he's like he's a, he's well, a detriment to the team like. Well, I, I mean, he's costing wins that don't that don't really count. I, I you know, I think I think we we can all admit that. You know, the Warriors are not worried about making the playoffs because they know if they do and when they do, they're a problem with or without Draymond. You know what I mean? I think Saric and and it's I feel this confident because of Saric. You know, he kind of fills that that void. He's faster than Looney, faster than Draymond. Defensive is Draymond. Got chemistry with Chris Paul. You know what I mean? He can shoot the three, which Draymond or Looney can't. So he's helped fill that void. And also they got, I think, who is it, Baldwin? Who's been, no, Jackson, who's been playing pretty good. I think it's the same guy, Jackson Baldwin. Um, who's been playing pretty good too, you know, getting some more minutes. Um, Draymond is still a savant, you know, like regardless of, all the the animosity towards him, I, I take it a case by case. You know, a lot of times, let's be honest, he's been poked by the bear. You know what I mean? It's it's not like it's we just don't like how he reacts. We're not saying that Draymond isn't justified in being angry. We just don't like how he reacts. But no one is ever really pointing the other fingers at the other players because they're getting hit. But that's the Achilles heel, like you said, of the Warriors because. It's dangerous having a, a person on your team that other players can get to. And that used to be Draymond's specialty, right? Draymond would always start fights and get people upset. That's what Chris Paul does. Chris Paul, men's, that's what Pat Bev does. You know what I mean? Lance Stevenson, like, that's what they did. But Draymond, it feels like he kind of, he, he, he gets poked now. You know what I mean? Like, why are you choking Gobert, bro? <laughs> like, like, there's no reason why he should be choking Gobert. Like, it was like, the, it was like, um... It was like Ron Artest vibes, you know? Uh, and I just don't want people to, to forget he's a four-time champion. He is, but then sometimes you got to just chill. Like, I get it. I played competitive sports at, at the highest level, so I, I get it. Like, I didn't play at the league, yeah. but I played college ball. So it's like, you can't, like, he gives me Grayson Allen. Like, if he was white with Grayson Allen, like, when Grayson Allen was stripping people, we were like, oh, my gosh. Like, he did it twice. Oh, my gosh, this, this, guy, this guy's a menace. Like, we got it. We gotta get him out of here. But now mm-hmm. it's like, okay, Draymond, Draymond punched the guy. He punched his teammate. He told Rudy Gobert, stomped on Lance Bonus' chest. It's, it's like, yeah. this man's a track, track worker. Like, yeah, I, I get it. Like, people are saying that. Um, hold on. People saying they can't hear us. But I get it. Like, people saying that, um, you know, he's, he's a great guy and, it's, you know, he got to control his comp- competitive impulses or whatever. But it's mm-hmm. crazy. I mean, I think the thing with with uh, with Draymond, he's the only villain. I don't think the league ever has, you know, more than one villain <laughs> at a time. It, it's always one specific person. You know, I think in the time of Ben Wallace, it was Ben Wallace. Like the league knew it was it was Ben Wallace. Like he was the villain of the league. You know what I mean? 
Um, Grayson Allen, yeah, he's had some plays there. Chris Paul has had some plays there, but no one's doing it like Draymond's doing it. And so, like, when you think of Draymond or whenever you think of any drama that a player is doing, if they're, like, considered a dirty player, you got to hold it up to the dirtiest player, you know, in the eyes of the league. And you're like, well, it's not Draymond-ish. You know what I mean? It's not Draymond-esque. You know, he's not kicking players like that. or He's not choking players. So it's not that bad, you know? And so Draymond becomes the martyr. Yeah. So I apologize to everybody that's listening live. And they said that they cannot listen to the audio for whatever reason. I apologize. And a lot of these people are part of my team. So I don't know what's going on with that, but we are definitely talking. So I know everybody's texting me in the group chat saying they can't listen to the live. So we'll try to figure it out, but I don't know what's going on. So I wanted to apologize. So, all right, let's go back because everybody's trying to, let me see. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I can hear you guys. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the app because everybody's saying that they couldn't hear us. But, all right. So, TJ, this is David. This is my guy, one of my one of my best friends. Dave, this is PJ. This is one of my co-hosts in all the shows that we do. He's a Dallas Mavs fan. So, since he's here, we'll talk about his Dallas Mavs and we'll let him enlighten us on well, pretty much that it's kind of been working between Kyrie and Luca. So I just want to get your thoughts on on that backcourt. And do you think they have a chance to make some noise in the postseason? Well, it's, um, it's a pleasure to meet you, Dave. Um, if you're a friend of um, Kay's, man, uh, you must be good people. So it's uh, great to have you uh, part of the Phase One group. Um, to uh, to speak on the Mavs, I think this is a very interesting nuance for the team this year um we're seeing i think a better luca um because of it and i've noticed in games um luca has a more better trust in excuse me has a more better trust in the in the teammates uh, around him and they're because of that trust they're setting him up to make better um more uh, three-point shots, and his three-point percentage, if I'm not mistaken, has uh, has gotten better because of it. And you obviously know he's a he's impossible to guard in the amount of I think it's like ninth triple triple double this season. And um, uh, Kyrie, this is not like a like a alpha versus alpha. They know each other's roles and they feed off each other for the success of the team. Jason Kidd, um, obviously, they got a nice, well, well group. I think they need to improve in certain areas, maybe at the wing, get another wing defender to go for the like the long stretch. And um, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm excited about what I'm seeing from the Mavs. Luca is already, I think, on an MVP sort of um, run right now. Um, he's one of my favorites to uh, to win it this year. And uh, I like what I'm seeing. And even though they did lose their last meeting against the Clippers, there's always much room to improve. And the team camaraderie is really, really strong. 
I'm loving what I'm seeing from the rookie, um, Derek Lively, the second. Dante Exum getting a resurgence. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. So, um, yeah, that's that's my that's what I'm looking at when I'm looking at the maps. Dante you know, uh, Exum. Joe, yeah, David, Dante, I, you know, I was gonna say no. I, 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 I mean, we <laughs> <laughs> did PJ again. Nice, nice, nice to meet you, bro. Um, uh, it's definitely good to be on here. Um, you know, I, I wish you were here early, man. We were, we were talking about, we were talking about the West. Um, but unfortunately, the the Mavs just didn't make, you know, didn't make the cut of teams that I think could really make the finals. Um, they're playing really good, like you said. I, I do believe that Luca, he is trusting his teammates a bit better, right? He's got one more assist than he did last year, or averaging one more assist than he did last year. Points are the same. He's staying consistent. Um, Three-point getting a lot better. Rebound staying the same. Um, But I don't know. I, I don't really see it being anything more than it was last year, you know? Um, you know, they do have some good rookies. They got a, a consistent bench, in my, in my opinion, top 10 bench in the league. Um, and Kyrie going to do what Kyrie going to do. But, I mean, I don't really see them doing anything. I don't see them getting to the to the Western Conference anymore like they did before. I think they have, they've had better teams in the past. Um, like two years ago, a year ago, they had better teams. Um, or actually two years ago. But, I don't know, this year I don't really see them doing much in the Western Conference. Okay, so now that I have both of you guys here, and then I know PJ said that he likes Luca as one of the front front runners for the MVP award. Who do you like, Dave? And then PJ, I guess, throw another name in there if you could for me. Who do you like as the MVP front runner as of right now? Because mine is Joel Embiid. Mm. Well, I've got to give it to Giannis, personally. Because <laughs> well, they're going to give it to Giannis. It's like, you know, I said it earlier, it's the era of the big men, you know? So it's, it's between um, Jokic, Embiid, and like you said, um, and Giannis, but Giannis to me is just the one that's going to, is going to take it. Um, you know, Joker, he's he's averaging a, a triple double, you know, uh, but I just, I guess it's because I also see the Celtics making it to the NBA Finals. You know what I mean? And playing as good as he's playing, just dropped sixty four points. You know, he's he's just reminding the league, like, I am the most dominant player. And then you've got a killer. Like, Dame is just going to make him look a lot better. Um, I think everyone's kind of used to Joker. He's he's What's going to happen with the Joker is is that he's going to kind of become like LeBron. Um, I forget who said it, but they were saying how LeBron is still doing great things in the league, but when you're consistently doing great things, they kind of forget about you. Right, because there were years even after his how many how many MVPs does he have? Five or four? Oh, uh, who? LeBron. LeBron, I think LeBron has four off the top. He has four, right? But we can all agree, like he should have won some other years. But I guess they just saw what he was doing as mundane after a while. With the Joker, he should have won last year, you know, because uh, he again he was the best player in the league statistically speaking, but. I think they're going to kind of flip it up to, to Giannis. He's got the, the best team going, in my opinion, right now, um, even though, you know, they're after the, the Celtics. I, I give it up to him. PJ, any thoughts on the MVP race? Um, yeah, I, I think um, obviously those big names are are definitely going to be in the thick of things. If I had to edge it to somebody, I could see Embiid. 
Um, after the last game he had, he's definitely showing his his continual dominance. Um, you know, it's 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 it's. I would, you say it's the era of the big men. I just say it's the era of um, of of the Euro of the Euro basketball player. The fundamentally sound. Um, they're all they're they're well disciplined, and um, you you see it. The last um, MVPs uh, have always have all been from European countries. Um, even though Embiid played in Kansas, but you get the gist. Uh, I, I, I still think Luca. This is this is his year. If it's not this year, then I don't know whenever he'll get a, a, a stronger chance. He's putting up numbers, doing incredible things. The Mavericks are in the uh, are in the thick of things in the West. Currently, I think the fourth or fifth um, seed right now. But the the league don't start. I remember my my dad, my my dad, where he may he rest in peace. My dad always would tell me the league don't start until Christmas. That's when it gets serious. So I want to see how well um, Luca um, maintains and the what maintains the Mavs' success plus his success statistically. But I can see um, MB taking it for sure, if not Luca. True, true, because MB is just putting up crazy numbers. That's why I think the Sixers can make some noise if they make the right moves at the deadline and, like David said, get a distributor so they can help play that pick and roll. Okay. So my final question of the night, because we got to get out of here, because apparently the audio isn't working, and then I got to post this. Uh, a team that's currently outside of the playoffs, so outside of the playing game, who do you guys like to, to get in that we're not talking about now in both conferences? PJ or David, any one of you guys can take it first. You can go, PJ, because I, I did give the two teams before. Well, um, based on what I'm seeing um... – you know, something about Chicago, um, just thinking about them, something about Chicago um, sounds interesting. Um, I don't know exactly what they what they do um, with with um, Levine, if they still keep him to try to maybe make a run. But I like what Chicago's doing. Kobe White is um, making a name for himself. They have Caruso. Um, so, yes, and if, if one particular team of importance, Chicago, something about them. Something about him, I think, that could be interesting as a playing team. And, and for for me, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, for me again, it was it was the Nets. Uh, the Nets um, have been gelling a lot better than some of these teams that we wish would, like the Suns. Right, we wish the Suns were gelling as well. Um, but I, I look at the Nets. You got Cam Thomas finally getting some tick time. You know, he's leading the league. Not sorry, he's leading his team in points. You know, 24 points per game. Mikel's being consistent with 21. Spencer's not doing what we want him to do, um, but hopefully he warms up and comes back around as being, like, the number one or number two on the team. Um, and Nick Claxton, again, I love seeing the game with them against the Suns. You know, I, I was telling Kaysan this. It looks like they've, they're acting like they're the Miami Heat. They've got that, you know, Miami Heat energy where it's like, I've got your back, and, you know, he's averaging 11 and 9. you got a consistent big man that's not only, you know, rebounding for you and, and, and blocking shots, but he can also put the ball in the basket. Okay. Final question of the night. I know I said that was the last question of the night, but I got one more because it just came to my mind. San Antonio and Detroit are the two worst teams in respective conferences. Who gets the most wins at the end of the, at the end of the year? Because it seems right like right now Detroit can't even win a game, and it's crazy because they have a promotion for Wingstop. <laughs> about if they win a game, the city gets free wings, and the city like it's funny because I follow all the NBA teams, 
on the on our social media page. And every day I see like the city's hungry, like feed us. So does Detroit <laughs> or the San Antonio Spurs? Who gets the most wins at the end of the season? Because they're going to be fighting for a top uh, top two pick. Both of these teams respect respect it respectfully. I think I think uh, we've got Detroit winning more, uh, only because I mean they're they're not good, but they're more of a team than the Spurs are. Uh, personally, I think they're holding Victor back. It's the players. I don't think it's the coaching. It's the players. You know, they're not looking to him. They're missing him on a lot of opportunities, which would make them look better. Um, you know, for 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 other teams if they want to get traded, but. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's envy. You know, I can't call it out, but something's off because there's no way that you could be missing someone that much. Yeah, I I have I'm I'm I can see Detroit winning more games because I, I like their like their their like them as a well-rounded roster. With um, it it, it is pre- um, prevalent that it looks like somebody on that roster has an ego. And it, it was if for, if you're a, if you're a San Antonio Spurs player, it's clear he is the face of the organization. So take your ego, pull it to the side, leave it in the closet, leave it in the locker room, and just let that man do what he does. He is a physical specimen, and I think they are holding him back. I don't, I don't think it's the coaches. I don't think it's Pop. I think it's simply the players not acknowledging how potentially dominant that this guy can be and it could affect their season because of it. Detroit, they're I don't know what it is. I can't call it out it but they, they have a really good young group of guys. Um Isaiah Stewart, you have you have Cunningham, um and uh and, and and a mixture of others. I just don't know what is happening with Detroit that they're not getting mixed that they're not getting it together and things aren't clicking for them to win games and to get out of the irrelevancy of the season that they're in. Well, once again, guys, I'd like to thank everybody that tried to listen to this episode of Little Podcast Live. Sorry, once again, for the audio, but everything will be posted. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, we got our own channel, YouTube page, TikTok account, Instagram. So if you missed it, and I'm pretty sure everybody would check it out. Um, follow our page, subscribe, like, uh, subscribe and like all that good stuff. Special shout out to my boy Dave. Hope to have you for more future episodes. Um, as the NBA season yes, evolves, of course, we, of course, we do more football podcasts, but that's because you know this is a football prevalent world. But basketball is actually my favorite sport. Shout out to my boy PJ for just jumping in at late notice and coming to do his thing. Me and PJ probably be back Sunday. Um, to, you know, talk more football, talk about the Steelers, talk about a, a crazy weekend that's about to happen in the NFL as the playoffs, week 16, playoffs is about to come right now. The Rams is killing the Saints 17-7, to um, both teams 7-7. Seven seven. But like I said, it was a pleasure to have both of you guys. David, um, any projects that you're working on, podcasts, any episodes, uh, anything that you're working on, shout it out on Instagram um, before we get out of here. Oh, for for now, nothing. Um, you know, but I do have um, do have a current podcast. Just got to get back to it. You know, recently got married, so um, been um, congratulations, you know, taking, congratulations. Thank you, sir. Just taking care of some other things. Um, but uh, we've got it's called the Foreign Culture Podcast. 
you know, talk about relationship, talk about um, religious topics, um, and, and a lot of other things too. You know, a lot of things encompassing those um, those topics. You can find it on Spotify. Um, the you know foreign culture, the number four, the letter N, the word culture. Um, yeah, check me out. <laughs> DJ, any final things before we get out of here? No, we're just uh, just tune in to us on Sunday. We're going to be talking about a lot of things, and as the NFL season um, gets down to the wire, and uh, it's going to be exciting. So, um, so yes, yeah, stay tuned to the madness. Stay tuned to the fun. Once again, I'd like to thank all you guys for coming out. Dave, you'll meet the rest of the team eventually when everybody's schedule is aligned. I'm telling you, sometimes in these podcasts, if you listen to anything in the past, it gets heated where, like, I'm telling guys to mute mics because everybody talking over each other like, nah, this ain't right, especially when it comes to football, especially during, like, the <laughs> postseason and basketball. It's like, yo, nah, this guy said this and this guy said this. So we be arguing nonstop, so. I can't wait for you to join when the, when the NBA season, like PJ said, the season don't really start till Christmas, and the fort- and the good thing for us, Christmas is Monday, so we get that um that five game slate of all those games. But one final question: out of all those games, which one are you guys looking forward to um, watch the most on Christmas Day? Well, what's the what's the list? Uh, let me find it out right now. Off the top of my no- head, I know the Knicks are playing the Bucks at noon, but that's only because the Knicks are my favorite team. <laughs> But I don't even think that's the game I want to watch the most. So I'll give you the list now. Knicks Bucks at noon. Warriors Nuggets at 2.30. Celtics Lakers, 5, ABC, ESPN. Sixers Heat. Oh, that's in Miami. And then Mavericks Suns to end the night. And who's playing the Celtics again? Uh, The Lakers. That's Lakers, yeah. Game. I mean, that's prime time. Yeah, that's prime time. Number two would be the... The Nuggets and the Warriors, but yeah, it's it's Lakers and <laughs> it's a rivalry, bro. I feel like PJ's gonna see the math. <laughs> yeah, you know me so well. You know me so well. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't even got I know you're gonna see the math. All right, but I'm we out of here for real for real. But like I said, I appreciate you guys for coming out. Dave, if you get any free time, hit me up. We can do solo shows, whatever it may be. Um, uh, but uh I'm your host in K we trust. Not enough. Peace and love.